0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at MediaWeek.com.au. Welcome to a new episode of Mikado and Manning, the weekly Media Week TV podcast. Joining me as always, my colleague, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi, James. Now, listen, we talked a little bit about D.I. Ray probably a month ago, saying it was coming up and we might just... Revisited uh, briefly when it was on So it's been screening on SBS I think perhaps on Thursday nights It's only four episodes They're about halfway through it This is a Jed Mercurio production Which interests yep. a lot of people um, Starring Paminda Nagra, I think it is um, Created by Maya Sondhi Excuse these pronunciations uh, Who was Connected with the work with Jed on uh, Line of Duty as well, so a lot of people are interested because of that. And it's um, look, it's it's a good. I've watched them all. It's well worth your time. Um, it's uh, sort of a procedural um, UK crime drama, um, and it's it's got a great cast though. You know, um, Gemma Whelan's in this from. Um, Gentleman Jack, where she plays uh Marion Lister. She was, of course, in Game of Thrones. And um yeah. she she gets some good roles, I tell you. She's very she's either just sort of a bit lucky of what she gets offered, or she's very careful in what she picks. I think she was also in Killing Eve. Um, so she's always worth watching. Um, Ian Paulston Davies, who I like, he plays a copper in this one. He often plays a bad guy, but he's a great uh, English character actor. So I think that's probably um, well worth your time, D.I. Right? And how much of this in the
1: review I read of the first episode, I think it was on TV tonight, they talked about the fact that, you know, this is a police officer that is adept at suffering racism in the workforce um, and I think there's a, a sort of reference in the first episode that she's there to tick a diversity box and, you know, she's she's aware that people think that about her.
0: Yeah, that's right. She's, uh, I forget the word there yet, a culturally specific homicide is what she's called on to investigate and she just sees this as perhaps oh look she's being pitch and hold because of her race um, that's all she's going to get to do is just they're just going to give her these these sort of cases but um, yeah. so she deals with that but it's a it's a fascinating storyline that involves that, that there's that, that's the sort of background to to what happens and then there's also the relationship of her her with her partner, which ends up having a pretty significant um, role to play. So there's lots of sort of levels that you can uh, enjoy this one with.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been screening on uh, SBS on Thursday nights, which means it's all there for you to watch on, on on demand. And at only four episodes, that's an easy watch,
0: isn't it, these days? Yeah, absolutely. Look, let's talk about uh, the 12 coming from Foxtel. I think it starts on June 21. It's their latest big production. Uh, It's got a brilliant cast. The um, production um, credits go to Easy Tiger, who have done a lot of good work we've talked about over the years. Um, We've both seen the first two episodes of this one. What were your thoughts?
1: Well, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, Foxtel have always had a really quality Australian drama and they've sort of been missing one since the end of both a place to call home and wentworth and we know that they're not reviewing renewing the end for a second season so all eyes are now on the 12 and I can easily see this going into a another series. Um, Of course, you'd have to change all the jurors, but my goodness, if you could get Sam Neill and Marta Dusseldorf back to, you know, play the, uh, you know, prosecution and the defence, well, this is a series that could go for years and years. I thought this was an all-round class act. It's ten parts, um, so perhaps it starts off a bit slow, but, gee, by episode two, once it starts delving into the backstories of all those jurors... Um, and everyone's got a story to tell. But also the murder case at the heart of it is also really, really fascinating, I thought, because it's, uh, it's a bit of a head scratcher. And I love that uh, Kate Mulvaney is in there as the prime suspect because, you know, she's, uh, she's a fantastic actress that really we haven't seen enough of um, on Australian film and TV. And she was killed off. In the first or second episode of RFDS, and it was like, oh, why, <laughs> you know? But, but here she is. She is uh, she's alive and well, playing uh, the prime suspect in this murder case. I just really, really liked it, James.
0: Yeah, I've I, I've got to say, I was a bit puzzled at times during that first episode. I just wondered what it was going to be about because they, they didn't seem to be dwelling too much on that main case. But then it all falls into place from episode two. The, they start to delve into all the different backgrounds to the to the jurors. It's interesting. They call it the twelve. There's actually fourteen jurors because they have a couple of spares who have to go as well. Yeah. One of them's Brooke Satchwell. The yeah the main the main characters Sam Neal and Marta Dusseldorf, who are the sort of um, defence and the prosecution in the murder case uh, where Kate Mulvaney is accused of murder. They, they they don't have a lot to do, Sam Neill, and particularly maybe Marta Dusseldorf in that first episode, but I quite like that in a way. You get a little bit more of them in episode two, and they sort of, to me, they anchor the series. You know, they're both. Well, they
1: clearly have a, a backstory, don't they, because the fact that they sort of make these... Uh, kind of bitchy remarks to each other as they go in and out of the doors of the courtroom. I think clearly there's some backstory coming about them and uh, cases they've obviously obviously, are prosecuted against each other in the past.
0: Yeah. The, the surprising thing, I thought, was the relationship Brooke Satchel has with her husband. Yeah. Um, w- what happens in that second episode? You go, really? I mean... That, yeah. so, I can't it'd be fascinating seeing where that goes because it he does something which is just you go, wow, come on. Yeah. Um, but then they and that shoot- husband
1: is played by Hamish Michael who uh was in Crownies and Janet King with Marta Dusseldorf, so yeah,
0: yeah. Some of the other jurors are Brendan Cow is. Fascinating in that his character really comes to life a little bit in that second episode, and that that that's a that's a great sort of little side alley the the storyline goes up. Um, Azem Shamas, I think is that right? Azem, whatever he's in is is always worth watching. He's just such a brilliant actor.
1: Yeah, there's a great moment in the second episode where he goes to a lot of trouble uh, to make um, uh, a little bit of a you know lo- a snack for his fellow jurors and the next day nobody will taste it Um, and two of them are polite and say, oh, thank you very much and, you know, then you see at the end of the day, oh, I couldn't possibly eat that, it's too spicy. There's all these different levels that are going on amongst this group of people that are put together in the jury room and I think it's going to be, you know, really fascinating. I'm in this for the long haul. If they gave me all ten episodes, I would sit and watch it back to back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's good. Um, Matt Nable's another actor I like watching. Again, he hasn't had a lot to do in the first couple of episodes. He just yeah. walks on for little key scenes, so we might see some more of him in um, what's to come. Something else we mentioned last week was Magpie Murders, but we we might dip into that. I've, I've um, tracked it down that first episode. It's on Britbox. It's a subscription service I'm sure not everybody has, and it's basically a, a lot of UK crime drama. There's some other stuff too. But if you like your classic UK crime dramas, Brickbox is probably for you. The I think it's about 8 bucks a month. There's an annual deal where you get a couple of months free, which is probably worth going for if you're into your crime. This Magpie Murders is an exclusive. So they're starting to make stuff just for this platform. And it, the, the thing that attracted me, of course, is Leslie Manville yeah um, and she plays a book publisher. Look this is a light crime thriller this one. It's a bit of an Agatha Christie feel about it but it's I, I found it really enjoyable. I've only been able to see that first one, but I'll, I'll come back to it. The thing that interested me is um, the actor, I think it's Conleth Hill. Now he was played he played Lord varies in uh, Game of Thrones. He was also in Dublin murders. So you don't get to see him in a lot of stuff. But he's so good and he's in the um, first, he's a, he's a central character in this Magpie Murders. So that's uh, one to watch out for.
1: Yeah, nice one. We, I mean, we love Leslie uh, Manville. I remember seeing her in a Mike Lee movie uh, years ago and going, who is that? You know, she was such a scene stealer. And I'm a big fan of her uh Kind of very sweet sitcom called Mum, M U M, as opposed to Mom, the uh, Chuck Lorre uh, version. This is just about a woman whose husband dies. And you see uh, her coping uh, in the months uh, that follow with her in law's son, his girlfriend, um, and uh, the husband's best mate, who clearly has an eye for her now she's single. Uh, she's such a wonderful actress. And she also does a complete turn of pace in that series, Harlots, where she plays. A madam with a, a bunch of sex workers working for her back in, like, London in maybe the 1800s, I want to say. Great actress.
0: Yeah. Uh, just also, quickly, i make by murders. Uh, Daniel Mays is in it as well. It's, a, it's not a huge role, but um, I, I remember him from Des, that um, series with uh, David Tennant as the sort of serial killer, uh, Dennis Nilsson. Um Daniel Mays played uh DCI Peter J in that. And he was very he was the one who pursued the case. He didn't want to give it up. Where everybody else, nah, look, mate, what are you doing? Let's let it go. And he was he was determined to, to crack the case and he did in the end. So that if you haven't watched Tez, that's a that's just a stunning series. And uh Daniel was also in um Line of Duty, I can't remember what season it was, it was back about 2016. He died quite early in it, but he played a key role until um, he was written out of that. And just also on Leslie Manville, this is something, just a um, a bit of an alert for something that's not going to crack in Australia until late August possibly, is Sherwood, it's a new um, UK drama and it's a, and we talked last week about how streaming services had meant there's, sh- there's no delays between um, shows premiering globally. Well this one is an exception because it's been on in the UK as we speak this week. Um, Leslie Manfield David Morrissey is also in it. Joanne Froggatt's in it as well in a, in a sort wow. of su- in a supporting role. It's set against the backdrop of the miners' strike. And look, this is just brilliant. I've been, um, I've, I've knocked off the first episode, and um, it's just brilliant. Look, I won't go any more, but put this one in your diaries for a couple of months' time, Sherwood. Sure, it's okay. well worth, um, sure.
1: so not another Robin Hood story. This is actually a modern day drama.
0: It is a modern day drama, but it's, it's got links back to the miners' strike in the nineteen eighties. you when sort of, um. The the government took on the uh, miners, and there was big standoffs. So was, who was the UK prime minister at the time? Um, Margaret Thatcher. Margaret <laughs> Thatcher. How could I Margaret, forget? Yeah. Margaret Thatcher versus the miners, and um, yeah, it's just amazing. The um, yeah, look, it's just brilliant. I just want to keep talking about it. that. Was so good, but I'll have well, to. Well, my wait. knowledge of the
1: of the miners strike, of course, comes from Billy Elliot. Uh, the movie and stage musical, which is set against that same uh, Miner's Strike backdrop.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, look, you've been um, busy looking at a couple of other things. Now, um, Miss Fisher is returning. Yeah, this is uh, a
1: really... A little bit cheeky. Um, So there was a movie, Miss Fisher and the Crypt of Tears that came out in 2020. And, you know, uh, admittedly, it was one of those movies that was hit hard by COVID cinema lockdowns. But, you know, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries was a huge show for the ABC and they took it to the big screen and and made this movie and I think the movie could have been a lot more successful had it not been for COVID but the ABC are splitting the movie into two parts and calling it a mini series now so I guess some people might mistakenly think that there's some new episodes of Miss Fisher but Uh they're not Miss Fisher and the Crypt of Tears is simply that movie broken into two and you know what when you look at the running time of the movie the movie ran for exactly one hour and 40 minutes so it fits neatly and becomes two 50 minute episodes on the ABC so perhaps they meant this to happen all along um so yeah it's uh Sunday night it starts this week it'll be up against the Logie Awards uh on Channel 9 so um but I'm sure that Miss Fisher fans will track it down on iview
0: yeah, there's been a lot of Miss Fisher over the years, hasn't there? There was also that, um, arguably less successful than the original, that Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries. I think there's been yeah, the seven, mate. No. Yeah, two seasons of that. The um, comes from Every Cloud Productions, um, who who always do interesting work. Um, some of the other stuff they did the, re- well, they did the original, I think, and the reboot of uh, Sea Change, didn't they? Yeah. True. And Eden was another recent one. They did that Telly movie, I think, for Stan, a sunburnt uh, Christmas. That was
1: the, Eden was the series on Stan. I didn't really like Eden, um, but yeah,
0: yeah, no, they've it's a it's a very very sort of diverse uh, catalog of programs they have. Always interesting. Some critically less successful than others, but. Um, so, so watch out for that uh, ABC, or will be up on iView as well. Some now, Julia Zemiro's home delivery. I was that's actually been going for eleven seasons. It's amazing.
1: Really, I thought it was only about nine seasons. I thought it this nine? season
0: now was season nine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well even nine then—that's a big gap. Uh, Still, that's a lot, right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so, but it's coming to an four- end. Yes, it is. So this is Sunday night uh, before Miss Fisher. So, again, first episode up against the Logies. Um, so there's just four episodes for this uh, ninth final season. The episodes are extra long at 50 minutes. And I've just uh, seen from some pics on the ABC website that in the last episode, Julia Zamiro does her own home <sighs> delivery and it looks like uh, Justine Clark and Costa from Gardening Australia, two other ABC personalities go along with the ride for her. So I think we'll hear a lot about that last episode when that is in four weeks' time. Yeah,
0: it's a good time slot because it used to be a staple on Wednesday evenings, I'm pretty sure at 8 p.m. Uh, this, yeah, it's just so. Good. So getting the Sunday nights to farewell, I think Ray Martin's going to be one of the four episodes as well, Marsha Hines, and I think Stephen Page is the other one.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Ray Martin is uh, the first episode uh, this week for premiere.
0: Okay, now where I was getting eleven seasons from it was Who Do You Think You Are? The Australian. Uh, I think that I think I'm writing saying that is done eleven, and it is coming back for the twelfth season on SBS.
1: Yes, so this will be uh, Tuesday nights on SBS. I know that Simon Baker's in there for the first episode. And, you know, um, I actually uh, worked on this show for a while. Someone got sick and I was asked to go in and, you know, do some emergency production on it. And I was really blown away by the amount of research and the amount of care so many people take in putting together these family histories. It's a really um, incredible process. And I think anybody that's been featured on that show should be so lucky to have had such an incredible team of people um, tracking down family history for them. It's really quite remarkable what they do and the fact checking to make sure that everything right, it's off the charts, like such a great TV production.
0: Okay, also coming up is Sandra Sully and Matt Moran are also in this uh, new season. Nice. Now, tell me about Southern Ocean Live. Uh, this one has managed to s- slip by me. I'm, I'm not, I don't know much about this at all. Okay, well, you remember how the ABC did did
1: Reef Live where they did a thing at night and they had the cameras underwater to watch corals spawning and hosted by Hamish MacDonald and a whole bunch of sort of, you know, scientists and people are explaining the Great Barrier Reef. Well, it's that same concept, but now it's um, down south for the Great Southern Ocean. It's going live on ABC on Tuesday, which is the night of the winter solstice So uh, now going to the coldest night of the year to do it, uh, supposedly. So uh, this will be uh, Hamish McDonald and his co-host will be based at Phillip Island, uh, watching all the fairy penguins. uh, Tourists who go to Phillip Island know that's the case. Um, But there's also a whole bunch of underwater live footage that's going to be done uh, uh, to give us some facts about sharks and seals and whales and all sorts of scary things that might give some people nightmares like giant uh, spider crabs and giant crustaceans. And, and things like this. But what I love about this is that after the live event, Tuesday nights will then have a spin-off series uh, that has been, uh, that they've been making about two colonies of penguins, one at Phillip Island and another one at St Kilda, much closer to the Melbourne CBD. So I think that'll be uh, really beautiful to see that. So uh, Tuesday night, uh, the shortest night of the year, Uh when it gets dark, head over to ABC for this live event starting at 8.30 p.m.
0: Southern Ocean Live. Look, I'm definitely going to uh, link into that one because I've got a connection with Phillip Island. I used to live there, Andrew, in my Did you? Uh, in my wow. House. Yeah, so uh, mum and dad uh, set up home in uh, Phillip Island. We used to live in Gippsland, a little bit further inland, and dad bought a business in Phillip Island, and we were all... Uh, Positioned there for a few years. It's a lovely spot. In fact, uh, one of my brothers still lives down there, so I, I visit there often. Wow. And so, you
1: know, was was penguins a thing back then? Oh, mate. When you were there as a kid with tourists coming to Phillip Island back then to look at penguins?
0: Mate, it's a penguin uh, economy down there. All that and the racetrack is the other big thing on Phillip Island. They've, they've got the, the car racing there with them and the motorbikes and the cars run around a few weekends every year. Um, and, of course, the penguins, which is every night of the year. And when I was there, it was quite primitive. There were just a couple of um, concrete terraces. You used to walk through the sand dunes and one big spotlight and you'd watch the penguins. These days it's a very flash, state-of-the-art, whole sort of tourist development with, you know, Big, um big car parks and my i i haven't been there for a while but i i know it's it's a, a lot more elaborate than the old days when uh and it's even because there used to be a few houses out there and i think it's all protected that end of the island now you can't um i don't know if you can go out and build and um live on it like you used to be able to in the old days but yeah it looks southern ocean life now you've got a little and bit of a also- I should also just
1: say, Jones. I couldn't
0: remember her name. The co-host with Hamish
1: McDonald is Dr. Anne Jones. She is uh, the host of a podcast called What the Duck, a nature podcast on ABC, <laughs> which is pretty popular. Um, so she'll be there with a whole bunch of other scientists and uh, marine biologists and stuff. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating.
0: Uh, no relation to Annie Jones, I'm guessing, from Neighbours. Now, that gives me uh, a way to segue into Neighbours, and you've got some news about a script producer from Neighbours.
1: Yes, yeah, Shane Achieve, um, who has been Neighbours' uh, script producer for the last few years, um, announced on Twitter that he's moving to uh, the UK to work on Hollyoaks. And I think that's a great fit. Um, Hollyoaks and Neighbours are actually very similar soaps in the world right now. They've both embraced uh, diversity so much within their characters and it gives them, you know, so much scope for extra storylines. So congratulations to Shane to do that. And I saw a lot of uh, chatter on social media this week. Because the UK is still ahead of Australia, which is now screening double episodes on 10 Peach to catch up, there was uh, some amazing uh, work done this week. Uh, A lot of people were talking about the performances of Georgie Stone and Jackie Woodburn um, and uh, I think it it looks like a death and some reactions to that. So uh, a lot of the fans were on social media saying this is such strong drama I can't believe that this show's coming to an end. So, yeah, it looks like Neighbours fans have got some really uh, great episodes to watch uh, as the show uh, heads towards
0: its finale. Interesting. In the UK they're selling um, tickets to a a Farewell Neighbours tour, which isn't, isn't coming. I think it's March 2023, so it's a fair way off. And they haven't announced any of the cast even yet, they say cast details to come soon, so I guess they're negotiating with people who want to do that. But before that, I think Alan Fletcher's doing some some solo dates uh, around the UK as yeah.
1: well. Well, Alan Fletch, Fletcher's going out to do some music stuff, but this uh, Neighbours Tour, uh, it on the day that it went on sale, I saw the Neighbours fans going, oh, my God, the London <laughs> event is already sold out. I Quick, know. everyone, let's go to Brighton. So it looks <laughs> like... Uh, that's going to be a sellout for them. Neighbours fans in the UK will never uh, never forget this show.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Now, you've got a Parkinson update for
1: me too. Yeah, so last week um, you, we were talking about Parkinson in Australia being repeated on uh, ABC Eye View and, and you said there are about 75 episodes and I corrected you and said, well, the ABC will only have 14 of those because <laughs> the ABC brought Michael Parkinson out first in nineteen seventy. Nine Around there Made two series with him And was hugely successful So much so That Channel 10 swooped in And stole the show They renamed it Parkinson They started doing it from 1980 And I stand corrected uh, The ABC is repeating All of those episodes too and what's interesting about the episodes that screened on Channel 10 was that they opened it up and didn't make it just about Australian interviewees. They started flying out a lot of uh, international guests. So, for example, if you look at iView now, you'll see an episode with uh, Doug Walters and Gordon Chater, Gordon Chater from the Mavis Bramston show, sitting alongside Artie Johnson and Joanne Worley from Laughing. Laughing. Um, so that's really interesting. Uh, the next episode has Bob Hawke with Connie Booth from uh, Faulty Towers. So there's some fascinating guests here. You know they they keep uploading these episodes, and wow, I've just got them. I'm taping them um, uh, off TV. They're all there on my IQ, and I can just go along to them, and I see a guest, and I go. I want to see what that person has to say. Okay. Really, really great. Um, I don't know who at the ABC decided to do this to maybe celebrate their 90th birthday. And I'm not quite sure how they got the rights to the Channel 10 episodes, but bravo. I hope some more gems from the ABC library are going to be unlocked this year for their 90th birthday.
0: Speaking of unlocking things in from the vault, your retro pick this week is something on 10 Play?
1: Yeah, this is just bizarre. (laughs) Um, So, of course, every week, James, I go looking to see what could I talk about in this retro subject. And, you know, some of them are not so great in terms of having places where they are sort of put together what are the new things that have been added but yeah. I saw this thing there and I thought, oh, well, clearly this has got to be the Sam Neill movie from 1981, but it's not. Can you believe that on 10 Play they have... Um, the, stock Take sale sorry, is sorry, now on with reduced price... Look at it. They have <laughs> Flash Gordon, the original 1938 movie serial that was made by Universal. So, of course, back... In the days before TV, when you went to the movie, you had the main movie, but before that main movie came on, you had a cartoon, you had a newsreel, you often had to stand up for the national anthem, and they would have a serial. There was a Batman serial uh, that I remember watching on TV in black and white in the 1970s, um, and they had a Perils of Pauline cereal, and they had this Flash Gordon cereal. And it just seems so incongruous to see this 1930s cereal in black and white sitting there on 10 Play. Uh, look, I don't know who's going to watch it, and I don't know what nutty uh, distribution deal they have that put it on there. But look, you know, I'm all for nostalgia. So if um, there's some people out there that remember, Uh, going to see Flash Gordon at the cinema or are interested in how they did it before Dino D. Lorentis got Queen to do the soundtrack and make a movie (laughs) with uh, uh, Max von Sydow and Sam Jones in the 80s, Uh, Flash Gordon's there for you to watch on 10 Play Now.
0: Very good, very good find that one, Andrew. Well done. Look, before we wrap up this week, we've got a a couple of alerts from me. I'm, I'm still powering along trying to cat finish some series uh, we only watched a couple of a couple of weeks ago. i finally wrapped up Conversations with Friends. That's that drama yeah. about uh, two Dublin college kids, Francis and Bobby. Uh, it's also got Jemima Kirk in it. It's a little sort of four-way uh, relationship. Uh, it's not a triangle. What is it, a quadrangle, if it's a four-way uh-huh. thing? But yeah. it's, um, I quite enjoyed that. They're only half-hour episodes. There's about, I think it's 12, it's either 10 or 12. But it, uh, I, I found it, it was good to get to the end and find out how that was resolved. Something we'll probably talk about next week, I think, is Jerry and Marge Go Large. Now, this is a movie on Paramount Plus, is that right?
1: Yeah, correct. Um, and it stars uh, Annette Benning and uh, what's the guy from Brian, Breaking Brian that? Cranston. Brian Cranston. So you know, just based on that alone, I'm going to watch the film with those two actors. It's a one-off movie. It's about a a couple who figure out a way to win the lottery using uh mathematics. Uh, so, yeah, it, it could be a true story. Um,
0: so yeah, it's it drops on Paramount Plus from Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this too. It's I had a quick look um just before we came on today. That's getting some um opposing. Critical responses. The The Hollywood Reporter said a glorified Hallmark movie. It really dismissed (laughs) it. Said it was just you know, well, not really good. And the creatives, we you know, there's I can't remember the guy who's worked on Benny. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, But uh, opposingly, the Los Angeles Times called a low key winner with an appealing vibe. So wow, (laughs) that sort of makes me even want to watch it a little bit more now to sort of think which way I might go. Anything else on your radar for next week?
1: Um, well, no, look, it's uh, The Logies on Sunday night. Uh, excited about that. And I'm also pretty excited by the finale, the last episode of The Offer, which is my favourite new drummer of the year. That's the Paramount Plus series about the making of The Godfather. That last episode drops tomorrow. Uh, so I've just been loving that and it's held up for me all the way. Um, and I'm nearly finished Gaslick to Julia Roberts and Sean Penn. I've got one episode to go there uh, to finish that uh, they've been two really strong series for me in
0: 2022. Yeah, I've ticked off uh, Gaslit with Brilliant. Yep, that, that's right up there for me. I've, I've got to catch up on the offer. That's one of the ones I need to um, get serious about now. Andrew McCarter, always great talking to you. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, James. Have a great week.